spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life. So, so kind to me. And all the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. And all it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the ninety-nine. And I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it.
Hey, good morning, church. This is Pastor Zach. It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, we are here again uh, coming to you via the podcast. Um, uh, a lot to share with you this morning. The Lord's been at work in many ways, and I'm excited about uh, this sermon to share with you as we head uh, into Easter in the coming week and Holy Week and all that type of thing. Uh, but let's pray together this morning. Gracious God, we thank you for this opportunity to be together. We thank you that, Lord, even though we're not together physically, we can still gather as the body of Christ under the banner of Jesus this morning. I thank you, Lord, for uh, the uniqueness that this experience and season has offered us and, and the fact that I know, uh, Lord, if, if the trend of the last few weeks has been true, that there are brothers and sisters listening to this uh, sermon this morning uh, who uh, wouldn't necessarily be with us on a normal Sunday. And so uh, it is beautiful to see the body of Christ in all its uh, diversity gathered together uh, in this platform and in this uh, context. And so we thank you for that today, Lord. We pray that as we spend time in the Word uh, here in the next few moments, that, Father God, you would speak, that your Holy Spirit would take uh, the words of certainly a flawed uh, person in myself, and that you would um, have them fall fresh on the hearts and minds of folks who uh, desire to hear from you, Lord. So in this coming time, Holy Spirit, would you convict us? Would you encourage us? Would you heal us? Would you stretch us? And would you challenge us? We thank you for this, Lord. And all of God's people said, amen. Well, uh, as I shared with you last week, church, uh, we had a plan. We had a plan. Um, we were going to start our Easter series, or what I thought was going to be our Easter series last week. And uh, as I sat down Friday to look over those notes and get ready to record that sermon, uh, the Holy Spirit sort of cleared all that off, and and uh, we wound up here. And today, our first Sunday in a series I'm calling "Into the Unknown." And uh, I want to I want to do a moment of um, disclaimer, if you will. I did not know when I selected Into the Unknown as our sermon series title that that was also a song from Frozen 2. So I want to apologize up front on one hand to those of you who are excited to perhaps hear a Frozen 2 themed sermon. And I want to apologize to the others of you who now think less of me because you think I chose a sermon title from a Frozen song. That did not happen. I, I assure you it did not happen. But you know, one of the things I've been praying about over this season uh, that we've been in with this whole uh, coronavirus and those types of things is, you know, I try, I try myself to be a, as positive a thinker as I can, try to have a positive out, outlook or attitude. I think there's plenty of, of negative things in the world, certainly any other time, and certainly now we know that's true too. And so it's important to look for the good. It's important to see the goodness of the Lord. And so I've just been praying that the Lord would show us, that the Lord would um, just be able to show us his goodness. And, uh, you know, as we head into this season, you know, I'm fully aware that the unknown is scary, right? I, I know that, that there is inherent danger and concern and fear when it comes to the unknown. But I also know that the unknown has beauty in it. And I know that there is adventure in the unknown and there's opportunity for learning and, and creating relationship and, and having victory and establishing trust in the unknown. I've told you before that one of my favorite U.S. presidents is Teddy Roosevelt for a number of reasons. One of them, for those of you who don't know, uh, in doing a uh, 
one of these ancestry things. Turns out I am a like super distant cousin to Theodore Roosevelt, uh, which is kind of cool. But I have this quote from Theodore Roosevelt that I have in the background of my computer screen in my office. And it says this, far better it is to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to take rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much because they live in the gray twilight that knows neither victory nor defeat. The unknown is scary, and the unknown can carry with it failure and uncertainty and all these things. Uh, and certainly we want to say this morning that there's no, there's no sense in going into the unknown for unknown sake. We don't want to be reckless. We don't want to be unwise or impulsive. But having said that, when you and I are placed into unknown situations, or when the Lord calls us maybe even more so into unknown situations, there are good things that can come out of that. And so in the coming weeks, we're going to look at examples in scripture where folks head into the unknown and how God meets them there and works with them. And man, church, I just want to speak the words of David over you, not only right now for this specific uh, sermon, but man, I am claiming these words in this season that we find ourselves in, and they're from Psalm 27, and man, I just claim them over you this morning as scripture from the word of God. David says in Psalm 27, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, and I speak that over you this morning, church, regardless of where you may be listening to this, Man, I believe that we are going to see the goodness of the Lord. I believe we are seeing the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living this morning. And So as we start our uh, sermon series, Into the Unknown, we're going to take a look at a passage of Scripture that you're probably familiar with. It's one of the great stories in the book of Acts, uh, from Acts chapter 16. And uh, it's a story of Paul and Silas finding themselves in prison. To set the stage for you a little bit, Paul and Silas are doing ministry in the area of Philippi. And they're out doing a number of different things. And they come upon a situation in which they meet a young slave girl uh, and decide to cast a demon out of her. And that demon uh, is one that is providing the ability for her to be able to kind of predict the future and do some, some things like that. And, and her owners are using that as a moneymaker. It's sort of, she's the golden goose, if you will. And uh, so they cast this demon out of her. And as you can imagine, when, when you take away someone's golden goose, their moneymaker boy, those owners get upset. They kind of lay hands on Paul and Silas, drag them before the authorities. And that's where our scripture picks up this morning. So that has taken place. They're in front of the authorities now in kind of the marketplace, if you will, after having driven out this demon from this young girl. And we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 16, verses 22 to 34. And so if you have a phone or a tablet or your Bible with you, we encourage you to check that out. Acts chapter 16, verses 22 to 34. And there we read this. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Verse 26. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, 
don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Thank God for his word for us this morning. You know, Paul and Silas, it's interesting. We see a contrast between uh, some people entering into the unknown. Paul and Silas, believers and followers and missionaries in the name of Jesus this morning, find themselves headed into the unknown. And then at the same time, we see the jailer, one who does not know the Lord, finding himself heading into the unknown. And there's an interesting sort of contrast that takes place that we'll be seeing happen here over these verses this morning. But the first thing I want to say to you about when we head into the unknown is, is, and we've acknowledged all these things, that yes, the unknown is scary, yes, the unknown is uncertain, and all those types of things. But the unknown should push us towards what is known. In other words, if you can picture sort of walking out into this unknown territory, you would want to somehow remain tethered in some way to what is known. Those first couple verses that we read, starting in verse 22, are a little bit of a whirlwind. Uh, They cast out the demon in this girl, and suddenly there's the chaos of the crowd. Paul and Silas are coming off the spiritual high of the deliverance of this, this young girl. There's this physical attack, this beating and flogging. They're locked up very specifically. Scripture tells us that they are locked in the inner cell of the prison and that their feet are, are uh, locked up in wooden stocks. In, in, and so uh, the unknown, as we're seeing here, certainly is scary. And, and the unknown can be painful. And, and the unknown can be uncomfortable. I don't know if, if you, you know, have any idea of what um, ancient times prison was like, but this isn't, this isn't a pleasant place to be, and the inner cell is like the inner of the inner of the inner. It's, it's dark, and it's cold, and it's damp, and, and probably smells pretty bad. I mean, you know, there's, there's just piles of humanity stacked on top of each other in different ways, and um, this is not an enjoyable place. The unknown is oftentimes not an enjoyable place to be, you know, locked up with these things around your ankles and, and, you know, chains and things like that. It's, you know, you can probably feel it. Their, their uh, skin's being rubbed and there's some discomfort in that. There's, they're probably placed in some uncomfortable positions of sitting as they're on this hard floor. And this is just not a good place. The unknown can feel like a not great place. But that's why it's so important that when we're in the unknown, that we, we push ourselves towards remembering and staying connected to what is known. And check out verse 25 with me this morning. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Church, I want you to hear this morning that our response in unknown times should start from a place that is known. Paul and Silas don't know what's next. They don't know what's coming. They don't know what's going to happen to them. They've already been through this whirlwind of being beaten and thrown in prison and all these things. And uh, if you know Paul's story, he's, he's a little used to it or he's familiar with this, but, you know, this is unknown. And so what do they do? What do they do? They don't know what's next, but boy, do they know that God is good and righteous and just. 
And so verse 25 says that they're just going to pray and they're going to sing. Church, we find ourselves in a unique position today because many of us go through our own individual seasons and, and journeys of the unknown. We find ourselves facing uh, unknown medical issues. We find ourselves in unknown uh, you know, situations in our homes and our relationships, situations at our workplaces and stuff like that. And so we're all dealing with those individual things. But beyond that, now we find ourselves in this season where like, we're dealing with it collectively. Everybody has been brought to the same level, so to speak, because of the situation with this coronavirus. Paul and Silas don't know what's next, but they know that God is good and righteous and just, and so they pray and they sing. When faced with the unknown, they stand on what is known. Church, I would say that right now, the best thing that you and I can do is choose to pray and sing instead of fret and worry. Last week, uh, I told you that I had a plan. I told you that I was looking over my notes in the, in the, uh, in the office, and, and I thought I knew what was next. I thought I knew where we were going, but as I looked over that, I just felt this discomfort, this, this, I just knew we weren't to be going into the sermon series that I had planned for, and, and so in that moment of not knowing, you know, now I find myself in a season of unknowing. What's next? Well, what are we going to do? If that's not what we're doing, what are we going to do? And I put that song on that we shared with you last week, The Blessing. And I looked back this morning. I listened to that song 35 times in a row uh, on a loop because it just kept speaking to me over and over again. And in that time of unknowing, in that time of not being sure what to do next, I was sure that God was going to bless me. He was going to keep me. He was going to make his face shine upon me and be gracious to me. He was going to turn his face towards me, and he was going to bring me peace. I could stand on that. I knew that. I didn't know what we were going to do next as far as our sermon series, but I knew that I could revert back to those basic statements that God is good, and I can trust in him. Many of you listening to this uh, perhaps have been through my premarital counseling and one of the things we do, uh, if you're one of those couples, you know that early on in that process, we work on those things of assertiveness and active listening. And this, this deal of like when conflict hits and when there's some static on the line and you don't really know what's kind of going on, the best thing you can do is take a step back and just speak very clearly and very briefly to each other. We, we do this exercise called the wish list where uh, to practice being assertive in what we're saying and being active listening in what we're hearing we say something along the lines of, I wish you wouldn't let your socks lay around the house because when you do, it makes me feel like you don't care about how our house looks. And then the person that that is being said to replies, I hear you saying that you wish I didn't leave my socks lay around the house because it makes you feel like I don't care about the house. It's a very basic exchange where a message is stated and a message is confirmed and received. When we find ourselves in a season of unknowing, when we're walking into the unknown, Man, stand on what you do know. Revert back to basics. God is good, he is righteous, and he is just. Sing those songs that you remember singing when you were a kid. Man, I don't know about you, but there have been times that I believe I have sang, Jesus loves me, this I know, when I am faced with incredible circumstances that I am afraid of, that I am uncertain of, and it's just comforting to hear that song that speaks such truth. Jesus loves me, this I know. So church, just like Paul and Silas, I want to encourage you that as we head into the unknown in this season, man, be praying and be singing. I'm so excited. Uh, coming up next week, we have an opportunity 
through Facebook Live. Tyler's going to be leading us in a, si- a time of worship, and so I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Check that out, uh, and, and just use that as an opportunity to, to connect to what is known. Pray and sing, church. Pray and sing. So that's what Paul and Silas do as they're confronted with the unknown, and then as we work ourselves through this passage of Scripture, we see kind of this other approach to it, right? Uh, so picking up in verse 26, right? Paul and Silas are singing and praying in verse 25, the other prisoners. Hey, and that's another thing, right? Like, there they are in this prison cell, and all these other prisoners are watching and hearing and listening to Paul and Silas. So in this time of the unknown, man, people are watching us as believers. People are watching us as followers of Jesus. How are they handling, handling their business? You know, they, they always live with these little catchphrases on their bumper stickers and their throw pillows and their t-shirts and stuff. Man, are we living that out now? So that's kind of cool to think about it. But now picking up down there in uh, verse 26, right? Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prisoner doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. Uh, man, there's some great wording there in that, in that passage. In fact, it's another whirlwind, kind of like we talked about uh, earlier with Paul and Silas. You know, it's this dark, uh, kind of quiet night at the jail. There's these dudes sitting there sort of singing and praying. It's very quiet, very almost, I would say, even though it's a, a place of, of, um, of you know, uh, unknown and, and probably scary and uncomfortable, there's, there's a peacefulness to it. There's a quietness, right? And suddenly, there's, I mean, you hear some of these words, suddenly, violent earthquake, doors flying open, chains coming loose, the dust, the, the sound, the chaoticness of the scene and how it changes suddenly. Uh, there in verse 26, the jailer wakes up in verse 27 and, and sees that the prison doors are open. And scripture tells us that the unknown has caused him to make a rush decision. And church, that's the second thing I, wanna, I want you to hear this morning. Not only when we're in the unknown, do we need to connect and be pushed back to what is known as a foundation as we move into the unknown. But when it comes to the unknown, it's, we have to be very careful that it doesn't cause us to make rushed decisions. The jailer, it says here in, in scripture, seeing that the doors are open and that you know, the prisoners are, are probably loose or going to be loose, uh, it says he takes his sword and is about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. He makes a, a rushed decision either through some shame that he's feeling of this perceived failure of his ability to maintain order in the jail or maybe to speed up in his mind what is going to happen uh, once his higher-ups find out what's taking place. The, the jailer decides he's going to take his, his life. He makes a rush decision based on the unknown that's in front of him. And think about the last few weeks, man. Think about the things that we've been hearing about panic buying and hoarding you know, the production and, and dissemination of fake news, irrational responses to things, impulsiveness, people operating off of could-bes, maybes, what-ifs. When we are in the unknown, the temptation to make a decision based off of um, a, a, a rush choice, a rush decision, the, the, the impulsiveness that comes with that, church, could I encourage you to just slow down, take a breath, seek the Lord. Slow down, take a breath, seek the Lord. The jailer is confronted by Paul yelling to him, hey, hey, don't, don't, we're all here, we're all here. We're all here. I know this is a scary time. I know that there's unknown right now, but I want you to hear this morning, we're all here. 
we're all here. You may be experiencing this a little different than I am or a little different than your neighbor is. I know some of you are facing uh, financial issues right now that have you scared, that have you concerned, the unknown of how you're going to afford this or afford that. Just take a breath. Just take a breath. Don't make a rush decision. That's not to say that we want to sit back and, and not act. We certainly want to do what's right. But man, seek the Lord in this season. Seek the Lord right now. Talk to each other, church. Talk to each other. Reach out to one another. I heard so many stories this week. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we were able to be blessed with a, a ton of flowers. We got all these flowers from a local business that was having trouble getting rid of them because of the situation that we're all in. And so we were able to use those to drop off at people's houses and, of course, maintain that social distance and just sort of wave from a distance and all those types of things. But I'm hearing stories already of how those things just brought some joy to people that, that it came at just the right time. Maybe this morning you are being faced with a circumstance and situation that needs your attention because of, of, of this whole corona thing and lack of work or, or concern about your health or others' health or whatever the situation is. Boy, don't let the unknown cause you to make a rush decision. Take a beat, seek the Lord, seek the Lord. Because check this out, right? And this is what I've been praying. I want you to hear this this morning, church, that I've been praying for this. I've been thinking about this all week. And I believe that the Lord is working here and I believe that he is speaking to us here, right? Look at the remainder of what takes place, uh, picking up in verse 28. Paul shouts, we're not here, don't harm yourself. Verse 29, the jailer calls for lights. He rushes in and, and he falls trembling before Paul and Silas. He brings them out and he says to them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They reply, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. At that hour of night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. So, so he, he brings them out after having this conversation and, and this, this discipleship moment, if you will, with them. He brings them out. He washes their wounds. Immediately, it says, he and his family are baptized. He brings them to, their, to his house. He, he feeds them. And, and man, listen to this, right? Verse 34, the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy. He was filled with joy. Moments ago, church, you and I read a verse about this man being faced with the unknown, and he was prepared to take his life. And now we read that he is filled with joy. Church, I want to say to you this morning that in the unknown, stand firm on what is known. Pray and sing. Don't let the unknown cause you to make a rush choice or a rush decision. And, you know, church, I want to say to you, step back and see the Lord work. Because the Lord works in the unknown. In the coming weeks, we are going to see time and time again in Scripture where the Lord works in the unknown. God does tremendous work in the unknown. He brings salvation to the jailer. He brings the gospel to the jailer's home. The guy's worst day of work. The day that was going to be such a bad day at work that the guy chose to end his life is a game changer. Not just for his family in this life, but for all eternity. Church, in the middle of the unknown is where God works. Over and over and over in this season, I am hearing and seeing God do tremendous things. He is deepening people's faith. He is meeting people's needs. He is providing direction, church. And so I want to encourage you this week as we step into the unknown. And I don't know, we, we don't know when this is going to be over. We'd like to think in another couple weeks we'll be back together and starting to get 
life back to what it was. But I want to say to you that part of what this season of unknown has done for me is it has caused me to realize I don't want necessarily life to return to exactly what it was before this season. And so we want to see God work in new and exciting ways. We want to value each other in ways that perhaps we didn't before we couldn't see each other. We want to not take for granted the blessings that the Lord gives us every day. I want to say something to you as as you're listening to this, depending on when you're listening to it, uh, this would typically be for us Palm Sunday. And I know this isn't necessarily a typical Palm Sunday uh, service or uh, a passage of scripture. Um, and we're still trying to figure out exactly what we're going to be doing the following week, next week for Easter. So, so we'll keep you posted on that. Looking forward to that and celebrating in that. But here's what I want to say to you. Like, even as we walk through Holy Week, um, man, Jesus kept his eyes on the Father and he trusted the Father. He trusted the Father for whatever was next. He trusted the Father as he walked through what he knew was coming. Even at one point saying, God, is there any other way? Father, is there any other way that we can make this happen? If so, would you take this cup from me? If not, then let your will be done. Jesus trusts the Father. Church, as you and I walk into the unknown, whether it's this season with the coronavirus or whether it's individual stuff we face or if it's the season that comes for us in the future, boy, could we just be like Jesus as we watch him in this holy week and keep our eyes fixed on the Father, trusting the Father, taking our direction and our command and being obedient to the Father. Let me pray for you this morning. Gracious God, I thank you again for this opportunity to be together although a different format. I thank you, Lord, that uh, while we walk into the unknown and it can be scary and it can be uncertain, that you can, you can make awesome things take place. Man, I am thinking this morning, uh, church, as, as we pray this morning, you know what? Like there was a moment of unknown for me where I walked up to a girl in my English 102 class at Hack. God, thank you that I did that because now I, I have my wife and I'm loved by her and I love her. There were moments where people who poured into my life, maybe at a, chur- at, a, at a church service or in some setting up at uh, Camp Uligua or some camp, when they heard a call that Jesus loves you and he, he wants you to live for him, would you accept his gift of salvation? They stepped into the unknown and they became saved by the grace of Jesus. They, they, they accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior and that set them on a path that then poured into me. Thank you, God. I've seen how you work in the unknown, how you provide miracles in the unknown, that there have been people who have found themselves in hospital situations and, and different things where it's like, boy, we don't know what we're doing here, but we just trust you, Lord. We just trust you, Lord. And, and, and you've brought healing and you've brought blessing in those seasons. And so, yeah, the unknown is scary. And yeah, the unknown is uncertain. But boy, there's a lot of beauty that can come out of the unknown. And so today, Lord, we just thank you for that. We trust you in that. Father, I would ask that as we are confronted with the unknown, we would stand firm on what we do know. We don't know what tomorrow's gonna hold. We don't know what exactly is maybe gonna go on with this virus or what the situation's gonna be with us getting back to some normalcy. But what we do know is that you are a God who is good and you are a God who is righteous and you are a God who is just. And so we give you the glory for that today, Lord. So we stand on what we know. Lord, I would ask that you would give us all just a moment to take a deep breath and to focus on you, to seek you when we catch ourselves feeling rushed to make a decision in the unknown. That, Lord, we can trust you in those moments. 
that we can see you do good things in those moments. And so give us the opportunity to just not uh, begin to like, our minds I think can accelerate themselves and sort of, well this has to happen now, what are you doing? You have to make a decision now, do it right now, you have to pull the trigger, let's go, let's go, let's go, go. But man, let us just take a beat. Okay, God, before I make this choice, would you show me? Would you guide and direct me? Would we not make decisions based out of the rushness that comes with the unknown sometimes? And Father, I pray as we close our time together this morning, and I've already seen it and I trust it, uh, we are going to see you work in this season. We are going to see you uh, bring new relationships and new connections. We are going to see you create a deepening of faith among your people. We're going to see people spending more time in the word. We're going to see people enjoying more the time that they connect over the phone or, or, you know, these Zoom videos or whatever. God, we see you working. We know you're working. And so we trust you for that. We trust you for that today. And so I pray a blessing, Lord, as we head into Holy Week, as we celebrate those different things, albeit a little differently than normal. Father, would we just reflect the attitude of Jesus who as he walks the events of Holy Week, trust the Father, trust the Father, trust the Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We ask this all in your name and all of God's people said this morning. Amen. Blessings to you, church. Have a great rest of your week.
is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you will call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you will call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. My faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. In my faith. There is power in the name 
His power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every 